Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw, first episode of the new year. It's January 3rd, Sunday night with my buddies, Freddie Stevenson and Richie Barnes. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? New Year, same, same, same fries. New Year, same fries. I don't know. <laughs> well, they say New Year, new me, man. It's crazy, but <laughs> just a blessing to be able to make it to a new year, man. So many blessings in store for us. Um, we appreciate everybody, like you said, that supported us in 2020, man. I'm so excited to see where things end up in 2021. And we appreciate all you guys. I'm, I'm just happy to be back on the show after another week of not seeing Florida State football. So we get to talk about Florida State in some shape or form. Yeah, it's nice to, uh, you know, the New Year's is great, you know, and I don't think it's a, that big of a holiday, but what it was great about the, this year was it gave me a four-day weekend from work, so that, that was the most <laughs> exciting part for me, um, but it was a nice long weekend, uh, able to relax today, watch some football, uh, and excited to deliver our first show of 2021 with you two. Yeah, it's been kind of weird um, taking full weeks off, right? Like, I feel like I never talk to you guys anymore. I feel like we never get on here because there's no show to, no game to preview on Thursday, so um it's weird to not have a Thursday night show <laughs> um and so I feel like we kind of go with forever without chatting but glad to be here and like Freddie said definitely appreciate everybody's support appreciate Guthrie's our good friends there visit both their locations if you're in Tallahassee at 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe we appreciate their support um, we've been tagged in some more posts, people sliding by Guthrie's and showing us uh, the picture that they have up or the the sticker um, so keep tagging us in those posts, make sure you're not tagging us in any posts with coleslaw on them. Um, man, it's been a busy week. It hasn't been super busy for us, but Christmas, new year's a lot going on. The playoff was this weekend. We'll talk about this real quick before we get to our guest. Um, the Bama and name game. I, I don't know that we need to spend a ton of time on this outside of just the, the leap over a guy by Najee Harris, which is just. You remember Richie when LeGarrette used to do that? Like he, he had a season with like four hurdles. This was the this was the cleanest hurdle I've ever seen. This, this was the most insane. And then to just never even break stride and keep sprinting down the sideline. Like Bama could have three Heisman winners on this team right now. And four if Jalen Waddle wouldn't have gotten hurt. But they blow out Notre Dame in a game. I, I think we all kind of expected that to happen like that, right? Yeah, the hurdle is it's crazy because when I saw that, I was like, man, I'm glad they switched me to the offensive side of the ball because this guy is standing straight up and he got leaked over. Like that's I don't I don't know what else you want him to do in that situation. This guy's standing six foot guy gets jumped completely over. I'm thinking Najee Harris is just gonna lower the boom on me. He hurdles him. Like, I don't know what the, what else you want the guy to do. That's just crazy. Yeah. That game went pretty much as expected, and, and I don't think it was even as close as the final score indicated. You know, Bama was never in doubt. You know that they took over the game. Devonte Smith did what he does. You know, had a huge game. I think he's probably solidified the Heisman. Um, and now it, we got a little controversy. You know, Sark took the job out in Texas, so I'm sure he'll stay on for the to call the national championship game. But you know, we went through that with Mark Richt once, and we know how it turned out. So that that could be an interesting storyline to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he is going to stay and fulfill his duties is what I've seen. He is going to stay with the team um, for the next week. So, you know, I, I like, I know we maybe a little bit of an upset in the other matchup, but I like Bama to win, but we'll obviously talk about that next Sunday because it'll be the day before the game. In the other one, um, 
not only an upset, just an absolute upset beatdown with uh, Ohio State coming out and just really laying the laying the hammer on Wuhan Dabo and uh, beating those kitties all the way back to to South Carolina. It was good to see uh, the Clemson Tiger team that has kind of just had their way with us and most of the ACC, well, all the ACC over the last three or four years, just get absolutely shut up and beat down. And uh, I'm glad that we have Ohio State here in the final this year. Yeah, I've been big on Ohio State. Just I remember we brought um, Andrea on a few weeks ago and we were talking about it. And I, I, I thought people were underestimating Ohio State. I just felt like this game was the game they wanted since last year. And with everything that had been taking place in the season, whether they played enough games or not, people are going to debate that all year. But I knew at some point this team was going to put things together and turn into that team that we thought they could be before the season started. And Clemson didn't know what to expect. You saw that early on in the game. They were caught off guard. And that talent really showed. Um, and also another thing that showed is, like you said, the six games. Ohio State was a lot more fresh than Clemson was, and Clemson sustained a lot of injuries throughout the game, and it kind of cost them later on. Yeah, and and I won't say this game played out as I expected because I, I don't think anybody saw that coming. But you know, was it about a month or so ago on here we were talking about who the four teams should be, and, and I had to convince y'all, or at least convince CJ that it was Ohio State, and I told him I was going to pick them to win the national championship um, because uh, Freddie, you just mentioned it, that, that talent level—they're one of the few teams in the country who can beat anyone else in the country and it wouldn't surprise anybody, right? Because just how, how much talent that roster has and Justin Fields, you know, played a great game. Uh, I'm excited to see him get a chance in a a national championship game. And I I think it'll be a really good one. I'm I'm really excited for this one. I think this game will be a ton of fun. I, I expected Clemson, Alabama. Most people expected Clemson, Alabama, just because Ohio state just hadn't, it hadn't clicked for them yet. And that's going to, I mean, that's not super shocking when you only play five, six games that you don't have time for it to really click and really get going. You know, Clemson struggled in some of their midseason games. So anyway, Bama, you know, played Ole Miss close early in the year. And so I, I think that the propensity for that to happen exists when you don't play as many games. But I mean, it certainly clicked on Saturday night or Friday night, whatever night they played. And they just beat the absolute dog crap out of out of Clemson, and that was uh, that was great to see. I'm I'm all about uh, seeing that every week. So we've got Reggie now. So uh, connected audio, we can see you now. We'll intro you again. How's it going, man? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How you doing? Good, man. Thank you so much for taking some time and chatting with us. Um, former Florida State linebacker, national champion, played four years at FSU. We appreciate everything you've done. I'll let Freddie uh, kind of start us out. I'm TJ. Nice to meet you. I've got Richie Barnes here with me as well. But I'll let Freddie kind of take it from the Yeah, man. Headhunter Reggie, man. That's what that's what we know you as, man. Taking heads off and doing the robot. That's that's what we know you as. <laughs> um, people don't know, like, in practice and stuff, the battles between me and you were epic. I remember – sitting in a meeting room with Coach Graham every day when we had team run. He was like, Freddie, you know, Reggie, Reggie Northrop coming today. He coming through the wide open. And everybody <laughs> knew when Freddie and Reggie met in that hole, it was going to be epic. You're going to hear it. And that's how they know if we was ready to practice that day or not. If Freddie and Reggie popping, we ready to practice. You hit, And I ain't going to lie to you. I probably got CT alone just from Reggie Northrop. 
just Reggie Northrup alone. And but man, you the battles with you and just being able to grow with you that was major. And just seeing the way you competed on on the field, I just salute you. But yeah, now you you in a bro. different venture now, man. You play pro ball and the things with the XFL. They had that big break. But now I just saw you fight a few weeks ago. How'd you get into the MMA field, man? And it's crazy because the first fight you dominated the guy, man. I'm trying to, that's crazy. Like I know a lot of people that look on in there like, yo, Reggie can fight for real. How'd you, how'd you get into this field, Reggie? Man, I've been in the, I've been on the martial arts scene for years now, man. I've just been playing football, you know, football's been my life. So um a lot of times. Even through high school, I mean, starting off in high school, wrestling, and my dad, he a polished black belt and a few different um, studies. But, um, you know, I wrestled in high school, went to state. I was already kind of into that whole martial arts combat sports scene. And then um, as years goes on playing football, you know, during the off season, I find like a MMA gym wherever I'm at, wherever city I'm in. And uh, I trained there. Uh, it was when I was out west in uh, California. I was doing more time about three years. You know, and uh, just really working on my striking game, working on my ground game, you know, rolling around doing jujitsu. So now finally, you know, it's a lot of open time. I'm still kind of under, I, th I think I'm still under papers with XFL, the Tampa team, but that don't start up until 22. So I'm trying something else. But I ain't hung up my football cleats yet. So just know that, you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, man, I'm trying to make something great happen, man. I plan on fighting. I'm trying to get to UFC. That's that's the main thing. I'm not doing this for fun. It's not a, it's not hobby. You know, I mean business. And that's what um I wanted to transition into asking you. I think that's one of the things I admire the most about you. Just your your refusal to quit. Um, I remember being with you and the on the Apollos and Orlando, and just seeing you do your thing out there. And then that league kind of folded, but you kept bouncing back. You kept working hard. And then the XFL, then you get the COVID came in and kind of canceled everything with that. And now you have this long break. And I'm like, man, Reggie's going to get his next opportunity in the league. He's killed, he killed it in the AF with one of the shining stars in the AF. And then you go to the XFL and you kill it. And then it's like, dang, here, here we go again. So you to keep your composure and keep working, like, how has this journey been for you throughout this process? Has it been tough? Like, tell the guys, because I know a lot of people yeah. in your situation, they would have gave up, but just to see you to continue, continue pushing forward, and then you find something else that it looks like you're gifted as hell at. Yeah, man. Man, it's rough, man. I ain't gonna lie. I still, to this day, feel like I can go in the NFL team right now and take somebody's spot to be a star linebacker. Now, you know, I might sound crazy to a lot of people because I'm not I'm not at that point right now, but that's fine. But I know me and anybody else who know me or got faith in what I can do, you would know too. But I just ain't got opportunity, man. So I just been grinding, bro. You know, it sucks, but you got to keep going. Ain't nobody going to nobody care about, you know, your shortcomings. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no use to sitting around feeling sorry for yourself. So I had to get after it, man. Doing this fighting thing, you know, I, I like to stay active, man. You know, I'm an active person, so you know, and I'm doing this fighting thing. It's a new land for me. I'm, um, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from it after my debut fight, but it's always something I knew I would be pretty good at. But now bringing that football athleticism, 
combining it with the technical side of this of martial arts period, now it's, it gets scary. You know what I'm saying? I'm a I'm a I'm still a large guy. I'm fighting in the light heavyweight weight classes like 205. You know, I'm usually walking around like 220, 225. But um, you know, I slam down, but. You know, 205, them the cornerbacks. Them are little DBs, man. That's lightweight for me, man. I, you know, it was amazing how I slammed the dude so easily. It was like, nah, man, football players, man. We, you know, we in there throwing all those heavy weights and running into each other for two hours straight. Like, come on, man. You know, it's a different kind of mentality. And then that's another thing, the mentality. You know what I'm saying? I bring a different kind of mentality, you know, from the football side and the transitions greatly into the martial arts world. You know, I encourage I encourage all football players, you know, in their off season to go find a martial arts gym, an MMA gym, and train, do some Muay Thai, do some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, it a lot of those different components from, you know, the different techniques, you can you can apply it on the football field and be dominant, you know, and it's crazy how it go hand in hand, you know. These guys do arm drags and then the martial arts world we do that shit in football, you know? <laughs> We've been doing that shit before we even, we weren't even thinking about it as a combat move, you know? Doing that shit in wrestling, arm drag. They do that just like the D-linemen. D-linemen sit there all day and do arm drags, you know? So it's simple stuff. But once you train it and train it, get it muscle memory, now you're on the field subconsciously doing these things. You want to be able to do certain techniques subconsciously. And that's where you want to get yourself, you know? But I you know I'm just kind of, Rambling off, but yeah. The big, um, what I took away from most of what you said and kind of stuck with me just with all that you've been through is you said that just controlling what you can control, um, being somebody that played at that level, I know just like, you know, sometimes it's a lot of things that take place that are out of your control. Um, I guess hella political at that level, but just being able to control what you can control all you can do is make make sure you're in the best shape of your life every time an opportunity presents itself and you're doing that. So I commend you on that. But this, going into my next question, man, we played at Florida State when Florida State was dominant. Mm-hmm. Like, no excuses, balls to the wall. Everybody feared us when we walked on that field. So I know you've been following the team lately. Um, what do you think about what you see out of Florida State at the moment? Man... Look here, man. Oh no, man, it's stressful, man. I ain't used to it. Times have changed. So like we're in the twilight zone, man. Goddamn, Cincinnati ranked number eight, undefeated, almost beating Georgia and shit. Now, like, it's just crazy. We over here losing games, like we, you know, you got. Oh man, I just we out there looking like Maryland back in the day, you know. And it's tough, man. It's tough. It's a, it's. It's a punch in the chin, man, you know, but I, I mean, they're going to get there, man. You know, they're in their rebuilding phase. Every team has it, but, you know, now it's like, all right, you got to figure something out because it's for the state. You're going to get the talent alone coming there that's going to want to come there. So now it's a matter of the program. Y'all got to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? It's tough to watch, man. I ain't going to lie, but. I got faith in it, man. It's gonna it's gonna turn around, man. We just need some time. We're going through it right now. It's, you know, we've been beating the hell out of everybody for years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, you, you mentioned Maryland. I guess now uh, us Florida State fans know what that 2013 Maryland team must have felt like when they came into Doak uh, to play y'all. Um, but go into that 2013 season. I, I just had a quick question for you. you. You know, everything you were just talking about with, with your, what you're pursuing now with your mixed martial arts, who on that 2013 team do you think would have the most success if they try to transition into it based on just athletic ability and power and maybe, maybe some scrappiness you might've seen in a practice. Shit. James. James Wilder. I see James, man, really, man, look, any football player could do it. Like, you gotta understand, we, I feel like as far as athleticism out of all the sports, football players at the most elite level. I'm gonna tell you why. Think about the little, the the, the pedestal, the, the the high expectations that we getting put on over our heads. You know, we gotta be, we gotta jump the fat, we gotta jump the highest. They want motherfuckers to jump 40 inch verts. You know what I'm saying? You got to run a 4-4, four, 4-3, four, four, goddamn. <laughs> Once you do 225, 30 times and shit. And this motherfucker's just really doing that. Don't get me wrong. There are people that's doing that. But, okay, what about all these other guys that are playing these these other these other type of sports? You know what I'm saying? They're not doing that. We, have, we do off-season training, explosive drills, and, you know, working with bands and stuff. You know, that stuff not normal. I mean, it seems normal to us, but that stuff isn't normal. You know, so now like you taking that athleticism and you bringing that, you bringing those, all those elements to the fight world, you learning how to punch correctly, kick correctly. You know, we already got instincts as football players. We got fast eyes, reactive skills, you know, taking that to the fight where you gotta have those, but ours is on another elite level. You know, and we train like that during the off season. That's why these guys spend thousands and thousands of dollars for these trainers. That's why these agents spend thousands of dollars for these guys' combine programs. You know what I'm saying? That shit not no regular, just not no everyday shit. Like motherfuckers got superpowers on that football field. Now, you, you like I said, transition it with fighting, and it's scary. Anybody, any football player could do it. I feel like, I mean, now, don't get me wrong, you gotta have that mentality. You know what I'm saying? Now it's, just, it's, it's other things that can't be taught, and that's that dog. You know, either you got it or you don't. I don't give a damn what type of football player you are. You can be the best football player in the world. If you ain't could, got Jame- no could, could Jameis do it? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, because like he's like the most. I'm the biggest Jameis oh, Winston fan that there ever was, but like he's goofy. Like I don't know if he could do this, bro. I mean, shit. He could. I know he's he got the big man. It'd be crazy because there's some goofy looking guys in the fight game. That's and true. They're cold. <laughs> and they're cold. Yeah, they're so I, cold. But I'm laughing because I know I know that motherfucker. It's funny. So I know, I know we're kind of working backwards here. And I'll let TJ jump into kind of a deeper dive at Florida State. But when you left Florida State, you kind of made some headline news. Uh, you were the first athlete ever to sign with Little Wayne's uh, sports agency company. What was that like? Was it was the name <laughs> Little Wayne just just draw you to him, or what, what was that like? That experience? Is it, did you go to them? Did they approach you? How'd that work? Yeah, man, it was crazy, man. Um, long story short, man, not really a short story. I'm gonna tell you more about how it all started. You know, I got friends out there on the West Coast, and um. Just matter. I knew the right people. 
knew this one lady named Melissa. She used to manage Wayne. Wayne was trying to get his football thing started, his agency thing started with like, it wasn't really like they're not my agents. He's not my, he wasn't my agent. It was like marketing and branding, you know what I'm saying? And then eventually they moved on. Now they have actual agents, like physical agents in the office and stuff. But, um, you know, man, it was kind of, you know, last, it was, it was, it was quick, man. It was kind of rushed, you know? I didn't really have a relationship with my agent that they put me with, you know? But at the end of the day, man, it's all love. It was cool, you know? Um, I met Wayne, well, I first talked to Wayne, I think it was before we played Boston College, at Boston College, my senior year. And I was uh, in the locker room getting ready and Melissa called me, she was like, uh, Wayne, I wanna talk to you. And I was on the phone with him, it was cool, you know? I was talking to little Wayne, then we went to Wake Forest Everybody on the team thought I was lying that I would call Lil Wayne. So we was at uh, it was the day before the game. We was on. I put him on Facetime, and everybody was over my shoulder, and they were like, "Oh shit!" Had him on the phone with Lil Wayne. You know what I'm saying? Then he had reposted my uh, stats after that Wake Forest game because I had got like defensive player of the game, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Coming off the bench, they bucked me too that year. I think I had what well, they gave me like 97 tackles, 93. Man, they bucked me, man. Had me coming off the bench, man. But we ain't gonna talk about that. But yeah, man, so <laughs> man. Yeah, I mean they had you at 94 tackles when you had had 122 the year before. Yeah, man. They robbed me on something the year before too, but we ain't gonna talk about that. I should have just left. Tell me about your uh your your time, your time there at Florida State. Um, Double fries, though, slow. Obviously, that's about Guthrie's. Are you a big Guthrie's fan? I think you're chopping on those chips tonight. But like, tell me about, tell me about that gut box, bro. Oh yeah, man, we eat, eating healthy, man. Got them Quakers, baby. Oh, look at that! <laughs> Get you an endorsement off of Quaker. They, hey, Reggie, I, I was, I was waiting to say it, but you definitely need to get an endorsement from them right now because. The way you smacking on them, I'm finna go buy me a pack because they, they they looking pretty good as hell the way you eat them, man. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Reggie, did you eat today? I did. Well, I fasted to like two. Oh, that's see, that's all you yeah. had to say. That's yes. all right. You know what I'm saying? You know, I got to fast time to time, man. I got to keep these abs good chiseled, man. Yeah, I, you know what I'm saying? I do a lot of fasting. I, I, shoot, my abs, my abs, they starting to jiggle a little bit. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, man. Y'all gotta hop in it, man. Y'all gotta hop in the gym, man. All y'all, man. TJ, Rich, TJ, be killing it on the Peloton. Man, y'all gotta hop in the gym, man. Just learn that shit, man. Just like, transform your body, but you learn that shit at the same time. Well, man, we go talking crazy to you in the, in the bar on some drunk stuff, you know. Like <laughs> trying to threaten your life, or you know, you know how to handle business. Nah, uh, see, see, Reggie, you promised I'd get drunk in a bar and been to one MMA class and try and fight someone and embarrass myself. I know karate. I can see that. So, so tell me about those gut boxes, bro. You used to, used to kill those gut, bro- gut boxes back in college. I love gut these boxes, man. Look here. They're toast. They're, ooh. <laughs> After the club. Man, look here. That was like the most convenient thing ever. And that's the Waffle House. You know, I'm Tally nice, man. I miss Tally. I ain't gonna lie. We had uh, we had Rashad on Big Three Roll Up. I didn't, uh, Freddie said you're in Jacksonville right now. We had Rashad on the Big Three Roll Up, and he said he missed Tally too. He said Jacksonville's just big and boring, and he wishes he could get back to man. hang out more in Tally. I'm, 
I'm from here, man. Big and born. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Um, speaking about your time in Florida State, won a national championship, won three ACCs. What was the, what was the highlight? Like, I don't know if it was like one game, one, one play, one moment, but like, what do you look back on and think about? I mean, obviously the national champion, like everybody, you know, thinks about that night. Yeah. But like outside of, outside of that, like, what do you think back on at your time at Florida State? Hmm. A lot of trials and tribulations. But look here, man. It was fun. I wouldn't trade it for the world. The locker room. That's what I miss the most, man. We needed a damn reality show, man. Like, <laughs> dark. You don't understand. You got a whole team full of motherfuckers from Florida. All corners of Florida. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's the same, we all on the same page, but it's a little, little different flavors, a little certain things. Everybody got their own personalities and that shit just hilarious, man. You know, got guys with their personal problems. Like, it's just like, it's like, it's really like family. Like you living with your brothers or something, you know? Like I could, could I can't stand, I, it could be one player that I can't stand, but you know what I'm saying? If he not there that day, I'm gonna know he ain't there. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, where was the name at? You know what I'm saying? It's weird, but I wouldn't trade that for the world, man. It was just, a, that was probably my favorite times, man. And the game, probably when we played, um, we played Clemson. Jameis had, Jameis wasn't able to play. It was a, it was a tough game, but man, we had got him in the fourth and then Carlos ran it in for that touchdown to seal it. Oh man. That's probably my favorite game time uh, memory. I can remember. Yeah, that. you can't. You can't skip that, Reggie. You and um Eddie made that big stop on fourth and one. You can't. Don't just make it seem like Los did everything, and you ain't have your part. Oh, stop it! Yeah, hold on here, man. Get on the. Oh, stop it. I was just doing my job, so. <laughs> just a team guy, right? Just doing your job. On the team, man. One team, one heartbeat, man. But nah, oh. man. But look here. Wow, turn the fuck up. Let me tell you. Oh, excuse my friend. <laughs> I will turn it up. Let me tell you right now. So where did the oh, – we saw it at Clemson in 2013. I remember you doing it after the – the last play of the Florida game in 2014 at home. Like it would just kind of come out at random times, but where did the robot come from? Like, where did that, where did that come from? Why'd you start <laughs> doing that? How yeah. did you know when it was worthy and not worthy? Like, I, I just got so many questions about the robot. I got that from the Dave Chappelle show. So this is dude, anytime like some, it would just be some random shit going on. And this dude would just randomly come out of nowhere and just start hitting the robot, just like how I do it. He looked just like that, but he'd be looking in the sky and his eyes be looking around. He'd be moving like real stiff. It's so funny. Like, you, you, you can't miss it. Man, ain't even do the robot, man. Give him one. Stop putting pressure on me, man. Nah, man. But y'all got that from Dave Chappelle show, man. You should check it out. Certain episodes, he'll just randomly come out of nowhere and just be doing the robot in the background. This is the funniest thing ever. It's not Dave, it's just some other guy. Yeah, it's another guy. It ain't even Dave. That's the funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think back to like Dave episodes where he's done that. I'm like, I, that doesn't sound familiar, but you know, like you say, it's just some random dude. 
Random um, dude in the background. Sheesh. Um, pretty sure there's a video of Jameis hitting the robot like during a baseball interview or something. Oh, yeah. Hey, Reggie, man. Reggie, I'm going to be at the next yeah. fight, man. I'm going to pull up at the next fight. Oh, I never asked you that. How do yeah. you feel after the fight once you got your first win against the dude and he tapped, what, you beat him in like 58 seconds? Was it a... Uh, I beat him a minute, eight seconds. He tapped out due to strikes. How how was that feeling? What which one felt better, TKO in the guy or a big hit in a Dope Campbell Stadium in a big time primetime game? Which one felt nah, better? I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade the dope one for the world, man. Make a thousand, okay. make a hundred thousand people say, "Ooh, and kick off." Hell no, that's thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, bro, I wouldn't trade I'm proud. I'm proud of you. I'm gonna be at. The, I'm gonna be at the next fight, and we definitely gonna show you some love on the podcast this week. I know your video went viral on Instagram. Everybody on Twitter was going crazy over it, so we excited to see you in the next fight. Appreciate that, bro. It's going down, man. I'm putting in that work. I'm gonna fight camera now. I'm back at it tomorrow. Really, my only off day Sundays. Okay, heck yeah! Well, enjoy your off day, bro. Um, like I said, I'm proud of you. We definitely want to get you back on in the future. I know, regardless of what you're doing, you're gonna make it to the top just because your work ethic alone and your ability to compartmentalize and block out the noise. So I'm proud of you and how you fought through all this adversity over the years. And hope you enjoy the rest of your night. And we definitely look forward to having you on later on in the year. Appreciate that, brother. Yes, sir. That would be right. easy. Man. Thank you, Reggie. Thanks, All right. Reggie. Thank you all for having me, man. Reggie Northrup, former FSU linebacker, national champion, three-time ACC champion, and current MMA fighter. I don't want to – I need uh, I need Red, Richie to mouth off to him about Jameis instead of, uh, instead of mouthing off to me about it in subtweets on the timeline. Um who that means you would saw them. <laughs> they get stuff gets sent to my DMs at times. Um, who would you guys, if you had to pick somebody else on that 2013 team besides Reggie, who would you pick to fight in the MMA? This is yeah. kind of this is kind of cheating, but you can't the say comments. the comment. Yo, you can't say the comment. That's cheating. <laughs> so everyone knows this Lamarcus Joiner was the comment, and man, that was whew, that's a great answer. Um but on the 2013 team, and I, I'm not going to say Wilder since uh, Reggie said him as well. What are you thinking, Freddie? I'll probably go with, like, Mario Edwards. I'll go with, in that direction. Yeah, at that weight, being able to do a standing backflip, I mean, that's – you know he's got the athleticism. Um, man, I've, I'm trying to think. I, I, I think as – as, as, a, as a freshman, I just take Jalen. Like, Jalen's just such a freak. Yeah. Athlete, I'll just take him to do anything. Plus, he's yeah. – I feel like he's got the right demeanor for it. I just want to make sure you didn't say him before I did. No, I, I, I'm actually. I'm sure you take some. I'm sure you take some old white man over all these athletic guys anyway. <laughs> nah, it, it, and Freddie, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Coker, you know, he, he's he's uh, several weight classes down from uh, some of the guys you mentioned, but Rashad looks like he could throw some hands. Yeah, we all, we never got to see him while we were there, but I wouldn't doubt it at all. One guy that I know for a fact. Is um would be good in it, but he 
I probably shouldn't mention his name. He ended up leaving the school, and people don't really like hearing his name anymore just because he went on to have success outside of Florida State. You might know who I'm talking about. Um, but I think I have an yeah, idea. Uh, Har- yeah, Harlan, but he, he he really was like that with the MMA movements. Harlan just mentioned Telvin. I think Telvin would be kind of wild too. Telvin be really good. Richie yeah, Telvin uh, would be hella insane. Richie's on mute. Uh, but tell tell them would be really good. Um, I mean, some of those secondary guys too, though, like Terrence Brooks, like it, yeah, some of those guys, just those headhunters back there, bro. Like, I feel like some of them, some of those safeties and stuff could be pretty nasty. Um, speaking of pretty nasty, it's a great transition. Uh, did you guys see the Gator game the other day? Did you watch that bowl game? <laughs> I might I might have caught some of it. Um. Yeah, that bowl game was fantastic. I know the spin is coming out now that Florida didn't care about it and um, yeah. a bunch of guys sitting out and stuff like that. But every team has guys that sit out. Every You know, I'm not buying it. Their their Heisman Trophy candidate was there as well as, you know, a lot of Dan Mullins recruits. A lot of the guys that were sitting out were all McIlwain guys anyway. So um, it was great to see them get their heads absolutely beaten in. And there's some smoke right now about Mullen to the NFL. I don't necessarily know that it happens this year. I do think that it happens in the next two years. Like, I, I don't think he coaches more than two years at Florida. He's not a Florida guy. He's not here for the long haul. Uh, I think that, you know, I think he likes being at Florida. I think there's familiarity there. I think Florida's a top 15 job in the country at any given time. And so you, you don't turn that down in a place like Mississippi State, but he's not. I don't think he's here for the long haul. I think he's, you know, always kind of keeping his options open, just like, uh, I mean, just like Meyer did and essentially like Spurrier did too. So thoughts on that uh, UF beat down and, and I don't, you don't have to have any thoughts on Mullen or not if you don't want to, but thoughts on the UF game? Yeah, it's Mullen. Go ahead, Rich. <laughs> All right. And so uh, you see the spin about all these guys that are missing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They're mostly offensive guys. You know, Pitts, Tony, it, they uh, made sure everyone knew that they didn't have a, a good receiving core. Well, who on that receiving core or Kyle Pitts is going to join that defense and stop you guys from giving up 400 yards on the ground in the game? You know, Oklahoma did exactly what they wanted to them when they wanted. And then for Mullen to come out with his BS comments afterwards, like, oh, the, the, the last game, the 2020 UF team played was 11 days ago that the, the, our scout team guys played good. That's going to hurt him in recruiting. He just threw a whole bunch of guys under the bus saying, hey, that's, that was our scout team. You know, it, you see a, a few days later, they just lost a five-star commit they had uh, from Polk County, I believe, Freddie, um, who's now opening up for next year. But yeah, it, it was, it's kind of a, I expected Oklahoma to win, especially with everyone out. I didn't expect it to look like that, but man, it was, it was great to see and to see the timeline, just scrolling the timeline. Everyone's bunch of Gator fans just popping up, but it, it was a, it was a great way to end the, the, the non playoff games. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody tweet. They tweeted at me today and they were like, they were missing eight guys on the defensive side of the ball. And I had to look back over the season where they missing eight guys all season because they <laughs> haven't stopped anybody all year. Yeah. So I'm not sure it would have mattered. You would have still got a 50-burger put <laughs> up on you. Um, you may have scored a few more points with your guys on the offensive side of the ball, but that doesn't change the fact that your defense couldn't stop anybody all year. So I still think Oklahoma pulls out a win. It would have been more of a shootout if the guys were on the offensive side of the ball. But listen, when you can't. 
But you can they were running the ball, passing the ball, pretty much doing whatever they could. Florida hasn't shown a consistent running game all season. So I think they would have struggled, and I think Oklahoma would have still came out with a win. It just would have been a little bit tighter. And the guy you mentioned that decommitted, um, Sam McCall from Lakeland, Florida, I don't I don't blame him. Like, you get – look, come on, you get a 50-burger put up on your own national television. Just my, I wouldn't want to go there either. Listen, Florida State, in our last game, we got to win. I don't care who it was against. And a 50-burger. Florida has lost consecutive games, 2020, 2021, 2022 team, whatever damn all it wants to say. They lost consecutive games, scout team or not. And they – I think they let, let go two coaches, so you don't – there's uncertainty there on his end. What I do want to say, though, the school he plays at is garnered in gold. Late, the late Gibson Braves, we're garnered in gold. Sam McCall, if you're listening to me, I know you bleed that garnered in gold. You don't have to change a thing if you come to Florida State. Come on out here and change the culture at Florida State and get us back to the top. You and Travis Hunter, man, come on, man. Let's get this thing done. That's the duo that would make Bama jealous, and you can't say that very often. Without a doubt. Yeah, it was uh, – I don't know. It's just disheartening to see. I mean, Dan Mullen is, is definitely baby Dabo, and it's frustrating to see coaches just – continuously pass the buck and yeah I mean I just never could have imagined a situation where Spurrier or Bowden or uh, Saban or any of these great coaches would completely pass the buck and say yeah it was kind of our scout time we 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 just kind of were trying to get some reps in for some different guys you know uh, the last game that the 2020 team played was 12 days ago I mean that's just kind of soft you know for for a, a coach that was, you know, just a game or two away, uh, I, you know, from the playoff, if you're not throwing a shoe, you, you may be making the playoff. So um, yeah, kind of frustrating to see that, but I mean, that's, you know, you know, I don't know. Real, that, real that's just kind of who, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on a second on that one. Let's, I don't, I think we could, I mean, unless you really want to, I think we could pass on that. But no, no, I just want to answer the question of the listener. They, it looks like a Gator fan asked why we took him off the schedule. Just ask your president. He's the one who voted against playing us. That, that's the end of the story. Let's not go back and forth with the peons too much, Richie. I know that you, I know that you like to go engage with the with the poverty on here, but because uh, you do it with me too much, but with the poor people like me, but. Um, these Gator fans are blowing up the chat, bro. They're hurting, man, after that game the other day. They're, they need I mean, they I'm, need to tweet through it, talk through it. This is their therapy session. So we're here to tell y'all how much trash y'all showed up on that game last week. And this is your platform to get all that anger out right now. And uh, in all seriousness, though, about the UF game, I have never been a big proponent of the playoff. I talked about this with Allie the other day, and I want to see what you guys think. Um I've never been a big proponent of the playoff because I thought it, I think it devalues not only the regular season, it has now devalued the bowl season. Um, when Freddie and them were playing in 2013, when a team, even think about like 2012, um, I also think about 2016. Uh, in 2016, Florida State got beaten down by Louisville, lost a heartbreaker to UNC, um, lost another heartbreaker to Clemson, and finished it uh, nine and three, but fought like heck to be able to make it to a New Year's Six Bowl. Like it even meant something then. And 
bowls are so devalued now. Nobody cares about playing in bowls. Nobody cares about it if you're not in the playoff. That I think because we've gotten away from two teams, if you're not in the playoff, people just opt out and they just quit. You know, or I don't want to say quit because they're they're doing what they think is for them, and that's fine. I don't I don't mean, I'm not trying to attack their character, but I think if you expanded the playoff up to like that sounds crazy, 16 teams, you would you would keep your top 16 teams from having any opt-outs. Like people would not opt out if they had a chance to, or at least would opt out at a much less lower rate. And I think you could kind of set it up with some different buys and things like that, but the bowl system has to be fixed. There were more bowls canceled this year, obviously due to COVID, but with opt-outs and things that we've got like this going forward, I, I think the bowl system is broken. I think the bowls need to kind of be eradicated and maybe you have bowls for people outside of the top 25 or outside of the top 16 or whatever you do. But I mean, think about it. Even if you went to eight, UNC had a lot of opt-outs. Iowa State, like you had a lot of teams with opt-outs. And I think the only way to combat that is to make a playoff that makes it more inclusive because this was, and I know COVID had a lot to do with it. This was the worst bowl season we've ever seen. Like the Bulls sucked this year. The playoff wasn't good. That was kind of just kind of unlucky. But I mean, in a regular year, Florida, Oklahoma would have been incredible. Like that would have been like, oh my gosh, two high powered offenses. Like that game's going to a hundred. I know that it's fun to like laugh at Florida and poke at them and make fun when they lose. But like, then that had been a great college football game. And so I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Just the bowl system right now, expanding the playoff to kind of keep more teams in, engaged or interested. Any problems you have with that? Any, you know, think it's a good idea? Like, what are your thoughts around that, guys? Um, you can go first, Richie. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's really a double-edged sword, right? You, you expand the field too much, it, it'll completely devalues. You know, if you lose two games in September, like, hey, no worries. If we went out, we're going to, we can still get in the playoff here. Um, so it, and to me, honestly, I'm fine with that because I, I enjoy the regular season. But what's the best thing about college basketball that, you know, every year uh, you have a 12 seed being the five seed and we've just seen a 16 beat a one. Um, so we'd still enjoy college football. I know I would just as much every week, even knowing, you know, OK, Alabama, they just lost their second game, but they're probably still in when normally you'd rejoice and say, all right, Bama's not getting it this year. So I'm fine either way, but I'm I'm. Yeah, I, I just say go ahead and expand it now because, like you said, these bowl games are basically glorified scrimmages. And this year specifically, it had to suck for the players because when Freddie went out to, you know, Pasadena or Atlanta or Miami, he got to do a bunch of activities, go jet skiing, go to all-you-can-eat steakhouse, um, do all this great stuff. And none of these kids got to do that. They, they got their bowl gifts, and that was kind of it. So there's really no reason for – no incentive for these players to play, and that's why I don't blame Florida State as a team for opting out of bowl season. Uh, you know, we know the team voted, and I certainly don't vote – don't hold it against any single player. Look no further than Derek King. You know, he's playing in a meaningless bowl game, and now he may not be ready for the start of next season. Hopefully he is, and he's all right. But I think right after King got hurt, I think a player in Oklahoma State opted out at halftime, said this ain't worth it to me. So definitely don't hold it against anybody because – you know, outside of the New Year's Six, every bowl game is meaningless. And it seems that a lot of players thought New Year's Six games outside of the playoff were meaningless this year as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, over the past few years, I felt like with the college football playoffs, every game outside of that, even including the New Year's Six games, if you're not in the college football playoffs, guys don't want to play. 
and in these games, you want to see the best players play. It's not entertaining if the best guys aren't playing. You want to see them at this level. Um, even like in our years, when the year we went to the Orange Bowl, everybody was wondering if Dalvin was going to play, but he was just so committed to the team that it never even crossed his mind that he wasn't going to play. Like we knew that he was a first round guy, but he was just a team guy. A lot of these guys now, and you don't blame them. Um, Jabril, Jabril Peppers comes into the game and he messes up his um, hamstring, I believe. And that could have set him back who knows how long. And then you see De'Ara King get hurt in the bowl game. So these guys have to protect themselves and make sure they set themselves up for the future. And the only way you get these guys to buy in and play in these, in these games is if you expand the playoffs. That's the only way. And I don't see any other way for these guys to get involved because I wouldn't if I was in that situation either. You're playing familiars. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame any kid that opts out. Uh, they're paying. They're playing for for free. You know, right? Like, so I, I don't have any issue with a kid that opts out and think that's the thinks that's the best thing for his future. Um, I think it's now on college football to figure out how to combat that. Right? How do you combat a kid doing it? Not the only way is to expand the playoffs. Somebody mentioned six in the chat. I don't know that I agree that six is is enough to change anything. That Oklahoma-Florida game is um, still the same, right? Like all the Florida kit, Florida wasn't up to six. So that doesn't really matter. Um, you know, I think that I, – I honestly don't know that eight is enough, right? Like eight eight keeps four more teams interested, and, and they won't go from four to 16 in my opinion. Like that's too big of a jump. Yeah. Um, but you, you had four teams that were – fully interested right and in the four in the college football playoff so essentially what you would do by going to eight is you would just double that you have eight teams that remain interested so would you get more good games yes you you would uh enough to matter no like you just get one more round of good games and then it would be down to your 14 playoff and that would be it so i think for it to make a big difference you, you'd have to go to something like 16 and I think you could build buys in, you know, I wouldn't want to see Bama versus the 16 seed, whoever that would have been, say North Carolina. Right. I wouldn't have wanted to see that. I think you build buys where like 16 plays eight and, you know, kind of figure it out that way and then give Bama a buy or a double buy or something like that. But I think if you could kind of build that in, that would keep guys, you know, more engaged, more interested, but it, it's like the, Bowl games were always meaningless, right? Like if you, you know, oh, we're the, we're this champion or that, you know, we're the Cure Bowl champion or we're the Gasparilla Bowl champion or the Gator Bowl champion. I mean, they were always meaningless, but the reason they felt different is because you had a, the bowls gave you something to play for, right? Especially the BCS bowls, the big bowls. When, when you would lose a game in 20. 12 when we lost nc state we knew we were out of the national championship hunt like we knew that that was it like and so what did we fight for we fought to get to a bcs bowl and be able to win that now losing a game doesn't you're not out of anything you're still in it and so teams feel like they're in it for longer and when they don't make that playoff that's when that letdown comes and it's almost like the playoff like took the blinders off of our eyes to be like oh yeah all these other games are meaningless if we're not in the playoff and so I think, again, the only way to kind of combat that is to expand it. I don't – I've always been a big proponent of not expanding it, but the bowl season this year was just so terrible. It was so bad, and, and that was a COVID year. 
but I mean, all the teams with winning records went to bowls and, you know, like we just had more bad teams in there, if not. So um, any other thoughts on the bowl playoff before we move on to that Miami loss? Yeah. And, and, and just to touch on that argument, you said that you knew nobody wants to see Alabama play the 16th best team of the country. I disagree. You know, in what other sport do we care about, you know, the top seed versus lowest seed being, uh, you know, grossly outmatched, you know, the, Look at any of the pro sports, you know, the NBA playoffs, no one expects the eight to beat the one. Should they shrink the playoffs? No, it's about money and college football needs money. Everyone needs money right now after this year and more games that matter that people will watch are, are going to bring more eyeballs on there. You know, sports gambling, which was taboo years ago, is now going to be legal in, in almost half the states here in the next few years. There's a lot of money on that and people will bet on college football playoff games when they don't have to worry about, Oh man, is this, is their senior quarterback going to sit this game out and wait for the draft? No, I know he's playing. So I definitely think expanding it, you know, given this bowl season, as you mentioned, is, is the way to go. And, and like you said, eight doesn't make that big of a difference. I guess you could go to the, you know, five count power five conference champs and then the one group of five and two at large. But what if we have the year where a group of five team loses two games? Are we still going to just throw one in there just for fun? Uh, by going to 16, uh, you don't have to guarantee the group of five a spot in there, but there's plenty of space in there for there. Cincinnati would have got in this year. You know, some people try to say, oh, they would have ranked them 17th. No, they wouldn't have. They would have had their chance against somebody. So I, I think expanding the playoffs is a good idea. And it's, I think it's going to happen eventually. It's just a matter of time. You like the 16 versus one? Like, I like giving Bama the reward for. And I'm fine with that too. Or whoever one is. Like, I like the too, buy but... for that reason. I also I also don't like the idea of if you have a 16 versus one, I don't like the idea of making your number one seed play an extra four game. You know, like play that many more games. Yeah. It, and I'm fine with buys too. But if they wanted to do it straight, I'm all for it because I'm sure we'll all sit down thinking, oh, I don't know why we're watching this game, but one year that 16 team is going to get up, you know, 17 to three early in there and it's going to be chaos. And that's what's so great about college football. That's what was so great about NFL red zone today in week 17. I saw you tweet about it, TJ, just total chaos. And that's, that's, we all want that. What are you exactly? Saying? And I just imagine having Oklahoma, Cincinnati, even Florida in that mix in the 16, 16 team playoff, it would have been epic. You would have had a lot of classic games, a lot of upsets. And it'll build a lot of hype around the, the final national championship game. That's what college football is missing. Um, I know there's been a lot of talks of how it's going to get done, but if we can get this thing done, I mean, that's that's going to be epic. It's just having that playoff format in college football to kind of mimic what they do in college basketball with March Madness, you can't beat that. Yeah, and in that case, I would also say shorten the regular season by a game, right? Get rid of one of these FCS games that everybody plays say everyone's going to play, you know, 11 games on their schedule plus a conference title game because the conference title games aren't going anywhere. They're going anywhere. There's too much money in those. But shorten the season, get rid of these money games, so to speak, and play the games and, and get to the playoff. Yeah, see, I, I'm I'm with shortening the season. I don't know if they can completely just get rid of the, the FCS games just because that's how those FCS programs stay alive. But, I mean, there's got to be some kind of option. I'm totally with um, – shorten the season and, and expanding the playoff because it's just not yeah, this bowl season just wasn't good um, this year. And hopefully it'll get a little better next year after, you know, post COVID, hopefully things are post COVID by next year, but um, I don't know that they'll, from an opt out perspective, I don't know that I think we've crossed the line to where we're never coming back from it. So um, Miami took an L 
this week. Uh, another, their game was at least closer. They got down 17 nothing, I believe, as well. Um, they were able to come back, but then Oklahoma State got them late. Derek King got hurt. That kind of sucked to see. Hopefully he's back and healthy by the beginning of next year. But um, Miami took an L, too, so it was great to watch that. Did you guys catch that game on Tuesday night, I think? Yeah, I caught I, I caught a, a bit of it. I think um, Oklahoma State jumped out on them early on, and then they were able to make a push at the end. But, hey, man, what's the point of coming back and fighting all the way back in the game and still coming up with L, man? It sucks to be to you, baby. Yeah, I, I was watching, and I forget there was some other stuff going on that night, too. I don't know if that was the same night of the Clemson basketball game or not, but I, I turned it off, and then I start getting notifications that it's getting close, so I, I end up going back to it. Um, actually somewhat entertaining there for, towards the end, but yeah, it, Oklahoma state just jumped out on them, you know, a huge shout out to the state of Oklahoma, uh, and their work done during bowl week this uh, past week, but yeah, Miami, you know, it's, it's exactly what we thought, right? We Miami, they start hot, they lose the game. They shouldn't. And then they just fall apart at the end of the season. It, it happens every single year. And the best part is their fans. They're, they're kind of like we would be if we did that every single year. They're still optimistic. Oh, no, this is the year it's going to change. No, it's not changing, guys. It, well, you've been in the ACC since 2005. If you ain't won it yet, I'm not saying you'll never win it, but you can kind of not expect to most years. Yeah, I think they're kind of – I don't know. They're just such a dumpster fire. Do you see, like, Bobby Bowden has more bowl wins since, like, 20, 2007 than <laughs> yeah. Miami does? I mean, it's kind of like – FSU Twitter and big through Twitter and everything else. Like it used to be like stuff would go viral and you'd only see it like one time, but like now, like everybody's kind of tweets the same thing over and over. So like I saw that on my timeline like 14 times the other night, but it was always a good reminder when, when it did come through um, some Florida state news this weekend um, or this week, uh, Florida state, Florida state's kind of like even Stevens lately. Every time they get a commitment, they lose a commitment. Every time they get a transfer, they lose a transfer. I, I don't think we're done um, with people leaving or coming back, but Florida state picked up a transfer um, and lost one. Jarquez McClellan. Is am I saying that right? Cornerback transfers to Florida state. Um, thoughts there on, on his transfer. So he's the cornerback from Arkansas. Okay, um, okay. He's had some starting experience uh, at corner in the sec um, solid player, you know, the, the film that's out there, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, um, and highlight tapes are exactly that highlight tapes, but you know, it, I've seen some uh, rival fans post clips of, you know, him getting mossed or whatever. Um, the only thing I'll say to that is if you play enough football, it's going to happen. Just like if you play enough pickup basketball with good basketball players, you're going to get dunked on, you know, but he seems to have to always be in the right area. Um, when the ball is is getting there so I, I think he's someone who can add depth you know we have you know quarterbacks we need to really figure out what to it's going to be and, and kind of go from there but I think at the very minimum he can add some depth and push a guy like you know a former five-star Akeem Dent to you know kind of raise his ceiling so to speak and really you know go out there and perform the way we've kind of hoped he'd do for the past two years but you know he'll be a junior next year so maybe bringing in some more competition is what pushes him over the edge to find his potential. And then not only him, but Florida State got a transfer, Kansas wide receiver, um, Andrew Parchment. Um, 
have had some wide receivers go. And so uh, excited to see kind of what happens there. Uh, again, we're not able to go super, super in depth, but uh, some reports say that he's pretty good. So hopefully that is accurate. He is pretty good. So um, any thoughts there, Freddie? I know you just kind of chimed in something in the chat there on that one. Yeah, just um, seeing, being able to see him play a few few times, um, is able to create separation. And the way he attacks the ball in the air um, and create great body control, I think um, he'll be a guy that will be able to help us and be an impact player from day day one. That was a big pickup for us. And he's a, Florida, he's a Florida boy, so we won't have any issues with him getting homesick. So just getting him on campus will be major. Yeah, like Freddie said, you know, he's from Fort Lauderdale, South Florida guy. Uh, 2019, uh, 65 catches, 829 yards, seven touchdowns, a long of 75, average of 12.8 a reception uh, this past year. Um, 24 for 197, two touchdowns, but I'm not sure really how many games he actually played in. But, you know, I've seen a few highlights of him, and Freddie kind of mentioned it, great body control. Um, And he, he kind of attacks the ball. He doesn't let it come down to him. So I, I definitely think he's the one that can come in and, and contend to start from day one because I think he's your direct response to Warren Thompson entering the portal. They're similar in, in their build and the style of play, but this one's been far more productive than Thompson has in college. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he has and uh, see McKenzie Milton throwing some touchdowns. Florida State lost defensive back Jaden Woodby to the portal. I don't know that that was a super uh, big shock to anyone. Um, you know, we're going to lose some guys as this roster continues to be flipped. But Jaden would be put his name in the transfer portal. Has he announced where he's going yet? That hasn't – has that come out? Who, who's that? Would be. Well, yeah, would be went to Boston College, but Raymond Woody is the one to enter the Woody, portal this week. Sheesh. Yeah, let's clean that up too, Harlan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Raymond Woody, you know, he his dad was on Willie Taggart's staff when he was in high school, which brought him here. Raymond Woody, obviously no longer on the staff. Um, seems like he may have been passed over by some other players. So uh, whatever it may be, I'm, I'm sure it's a mutual parting of ways and just wish that kid nothing but the best. And hopefully he finds, you know, a good home somewhere else. We, uh, we talked about just kind of chatting on this just real quick and then we'll kind of wrap up and get out of here. But are you guys, I know Richie's going to bring up Brady and the Bucks, but just in general, I love the NFL playoffs. Like the NFL playoffs are some of the best sporting TV that happens all year. Like just highest level of my favorite sport. Um, And you get to watch all the great players. Like there are no crappy. I mean, sometimes you get a crappy game in the wild card, but like no crappy games, right? Just all wall-to-wall bangers is what I believe the kids say um, these days. NFL playoffs start this weekend. Um, every matchup is decided except for where the Bucks will go. If the Redskins uh, win this game, that they're up 10 nothing right now in at the at Philadelphia, the Bucks will go to Washington. If they lose that game, then the Bucks will go to New York. Um, but every other matchup is already decided. So uh, we could talk about them real quick, and then we can kind of get out of here. But thoughts on the NFL playoffs coming up? Um, this weekend, it'll they'll, there will be four games before we meet back here again Sunday night. Well, we know Tampa's definitely making it to the second round with that matchup. 
Um, that that division is just completely horrible. I wish they could sacrifice them for another team in the league because that's that's trash that they were able to make it to the playoffs. But um, I think it'll be exciting this year. I, I'm I'm not sure with the Bills. I think on the AFC side, the Bills are the biggest threat to the Chiefs on that side of the the conference and then the nfc it's, it's just wide open on the nfc side you never know who's going to pull it out on that side but on the afc side it's come it's going to come down to the bills of the chief yeah it's definitely a um bills chiefs in the afc that's i think your two best teams and probably the winner of that's your favorite to win the super bowl i think as well um i'm obviously excited as a bucks fan first time since 2007 we're, we're back in the playoffs and you know in the the NFL, the, the rules they have, they get to, at 11-5, and five, get to go on the road to play a team that's going to have six or seven wins, um, which is fine because as a Bucks fan, you can't be mad. If you couldn't be the number one seed in the NFC, this isn't a bad spot to be in because you probably have the easiest first-round game of any other team in the playoffs on either side, um, regardless of division. So that's that's really exciting. Um, Breeze, I'm excited to see him make one final run. You know, there's been reports he may or may not be retiring after this year. Um, but the Saints are scary good. I think they, they should be the not a heavy favorite, but a solid favorite to win the NFC. Um, but never, never uh, bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs, man. I, I'm excited to, to watch that, see what happens. Uh, are they reseeding playoffs this year or after the first round? Or does anyone know how that works? Because I'm, I'm curious, I'll get a chance to go to a playoff game down here. Yeah, it's it's not looking likely that we'll have a playoff game in Tampa. Obviously, weird things can happen, uh, but a couple of something very weird would would need to happen. Essentially, um, well, no, the Bucks couldn't play a home when they're their second. Well, yeah, I guess they could. They theoretically, if every upset happened, they could. Um, but the Bucks will play the Redskins and or or, or the Giants. Uh, the Rams play Seattle, so the Bucks would need, you know, the Rams to win that game. And then the Rams also play – I'm sorry, and then, and then the Bears play the Saints. And so you need the Bears to go on the road and beat the Saints. And if the Rams beat Seattle, basically every road team wins, then, you know, the Bucks could get a, a home game the next round. Probably not super likely that that happens, but, uh, you know, a, a possibility for sure. There is the reseeding, so if – it was to kind of get weird and the Rams or bears made the next round, the NFC championship. Then obviously the bucks would play the NFC championship at home Uh, looking like right now. I mean, I I would pick the saints over the bears. I think that Seahawks uh, Rams game is going to be really, really good, but I, I take the Seahawks there too. That would mean the bucks would go through a team that Richie didn't mention. and, And that's green Bay in green Bay in middle of January, which would be incredibly difficult uh, for anybody. Uh, But I think that Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady matchup would just be fantastic. That second time, it was kind of a weird, probably one of the weirdest NFL games of the year that we saw this year for as far as outcomes go. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, and the way that it happened, the Bucks really didn't play super well in prime time or against, you know, great, great opponents. And, they just beat the absolute tar out of Green Bay. And so that would be a, a fun one, Brady and Rodgers in that one. And and I think that's what ends up happening. If if the Seahawks win and the Bears can't beat the Saints, which I, I can't really see the Bears at 8-8 eight eight beating the Saints in the Dome. The Saints defense is on fire right now. Um, 
and obviously Breeze is is elite as well. So I think that's kind of how it'll shake out. And so we'll see the Bucks on the road at Green Bay the next week. Um, what? And then I agree with you guys on the AFC. I think that I think Buffalo is just an absolute great, great team. And I hope that that's the AFC championship. I hope that nothing kind of deters that from happening. Buffalo should be Indy next week. Uh, Pittsburgh plays Cleveland, which will be a fun one. And then Tennessee, Baltimore. I don't see any of those other teams beating Buffalo or Kansas City before the championship game. So hopefully we do get that. Um, the other, the, the game I think I'm, Oh no, I'll back off because I obviously we don't know who that who is playing in that. Uh who is your Richie? I know you got the Bucks. Freddie, who is your team to win the NFC on that side? Yeah, um, I may roll. I was looking at the Saints, but I just feel like with what Aaron Rodgers has been able to put together this season, it's gonna be tough to beat the Packers. So I'm gonna roll with A Rod in the in Green Bay. Richie, who do you like outside of the Bucks? I know you're cheer- I know you, I know you. You're going to be a little bit of a homer on picking that, but who do you like besides Tampa? No, um, yeah, it, probably the Saints, right? Because I think the Packers, uh, they have a great chance, right? Aaron Rodgers is is playing at an elite level again, so I think if you had to rank them, it's you know Saints one A, Packers one B right now, um, heading into the playoffs. I think that. Yeah, I, I think I like Green Bay if if that is the matchup in the NFC Championship only because Breeze has looked shaky at times and they'd have to go on the road to Green Bay. I think if they're if the if the seas were flipped and Breeze got to play inside the dome, I I think I'd like them to win. But man, it's tough to pick against Green Bay in Green Bay, no matter who they're going not, up against. I'm not sure Drew Brees could throw a football. <laughs> 30 yards in Green Bay and that type of weather they're going to have if that happens. What's so crazy, though, is if Kamara's back and they've got the slant guide in Michael Thomas going across the middle for seven yards of pop, that Saints defense is nasty. Like, they are really, really good. They had, like, five interceptions today. I know they're playing Carolina. I know that's, you know, Carolina's not a world beater, but, like, they're nasty, you know. And that's, you know, that – to me, that's probably what separates them and and – from the Bucks, right? Is the, the Bucks defense, you know, plays well at times, but at times just kind of leaves you scratching your head. Inconsistent, yeah. Against a team, you know, you can have the greatest quarterback of all time on your on your roster, but if you can't get stops, it doesn't really matter, you know, if, if yeah. you can't slow down Breeze or Rodgers. So, I, but anyway, all that said, I am so excited for the NFL playoffs. Saturday afternoon, I think the games are probably, like they always are, four and – eight o'clock and then Sunday they'll be like one and four, you know? And so it's just sit down in front of my TV and veg out all weekend watching the NFL. Uh, and then Monday night we will, uh, we'll have a national champion. So hopefully my roll tide elephants can, can find a way to beat Ohio state. Um, do you guys have anything else before we get out of here? I'm good. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know who to root for uh, for this thing because, uh, you know, I, I called Ohio State my national champs a few weeks back, but the wife is a, a diehard Bama fan. So it'll be a tricky one for me. So I'll probably pull for Bama and just be happy if uh, Ohio State does win because 
again, what's the difference of Ohio State and Alabama winning national championships? They're both going to sign top three classes every year regardless. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm I'm good either way. I'm a fan of Najee Harris. I was a big fan of Jalen Waddell. I like Smith. And so, but I like Justin Fields a lot too. So yeah, I'm 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 just glad that we're getting this game. Um I did forget something. Harlan, can you cue up the music for Richie's basketball minute? We had a loss, a somber basketball minute coming. We had a loss to Clemson on Tuesday. I don't, I don't talk about it much. Then we had a postponement against Duke. And then I just saw on the timeline. Don't I'll break it. I'll break it. I'll break like, it in a minute. Like, yeah, it looks like the next game's not going to happen either. So um, go ahead. What happened there? Leonard Hamilton took the Seminole Road show to the Little Jock White Coliseum Tuesday night, looking to move to 2-0 in ACC play. But the Tigers had other ideas. It was a great start for Tony the Tigers, who found two quick, easy buckets. But the first 20 minutes would eventually belong to the good guys. It all started when Wyatt Wilkes channeled his inner Mackenzie Milton and dropped a dime from the opposite side of the court right into the hands of MJ Javon Walker for the touchdown and slam dunk celebration at the other end. The Tribe would end the half with a pair of three balls from Walker and Raekwon, Bob Evans, and his wildfire bacon trio taking a 34-29 lead into the half. But much like any SEC team in a bowl game, the Bulls simply lost interest in the second half as they turned their eyes to a heavyweight matchup with Duke Saturday night. But much to the chagrin of Wuhan Dabo, Florida State and the Dukies had to postpone their matchup due to complications with COVID, bringing, the end to, bringing an end to the warpath at least this week. Cam and the Orange are scheduled to travel to upstate New York. Breaking news! That game has been postponed as well. Oh yeah, Clemson 77, Florida State 67. On to the next one. Hopefully our game with Pitt on Saturday does not get canceled and we can play that. Because I'm missing some FSU hoops. I didn't watch any of the game on Tuesday night. The loss to, to Clemson. I was watching the Miami game and I was out with a buddy. So um, I'm missing FSU hoops. It's time for us to get it back. So hopefully we see it on Saturday. Um there were some good ones in there, Richie. It sucks when there's a loss and a postponement, but that was still pretty good. I mean, that's like the highlight of my week every – I'll see my kids the highlight of my week. Outside of that, hearing your basketball <laughs> minutes, the highlight of my week every week. Um, I have a lot of fun writing them. So if, if nothing else, it's it, even after losses, it helps me like, all right, no big deal. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any shout-outs before we get out of here? Um, no shout-outs. No shout-outs for me this week. I don't think hey, – no. Yeah, none for me either this week. How about you, TJ? Um, yeah, I don't have anything crazy. Thanks for everybody that supports, everybody that listens in, the guys that help out with this. Harlan, appreciate you, Ed and Brian. Um, excited for this year, excited for the, the new year. Um, got some exciting stuff planned, but I'm excited to just kind of keep the momentum going that we've got and that we've built. Um, outside of that, no, no official shout-outs or anything like that. Um, I feel like we've gone back and forth a bunch of times. Richie, I picked on you pretty hard tonight, so why don't you take the song? I'll at least give you that. Um, I'm going to kick it to Harlan because I know he knows more like backroads country stuff than I do. Just give me the best song about the state of Oklahoma and as we pay homage to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I'm putting him on the spot there. How in the world do I know a song about Oklahoma? Just say you do and Google it. All right, I'll play us out with a country song that's about Oklahoma or by an artist from Oklahoma. There we go. I just Googled 15 best iTunes songs about Oklahoma. Oklahoma Sky, Oklahoma Hills, Oklahoma Girl, Oklahoma Home. There's a bunch of boys from Oklahoma. 
I think I think there's a Jason Aldean song about flyover states. Is Oklahoma considered a flyover state? Yes, it is. That, we'll we'll right. run that one. I like I like I'm that song. I'm gonna go with that one. Couple guys in first class on a flight from New York to Los Angeles. Kind of making small talk, killing time, flirting with the flight attendants. 30,000 feet above could be Oklahoma. Just a bunch of square cornfields and wheat farms, man, it all looks the same. Miles and miles of back roads and highways connecting little towns with funny names. Who'd wanna live down there in the middle of nowhere? They've never drove through Indiana. Bit the man who plowed that earth, planted that seed, busted his ass for you and me. You're caught a harvest moon in Kansas. And they'd understand why God made those flyover states. That mile-long Santa Fe freight train engineer seen it all Just like that flatbed cowboy stacking U.S. steel on a three-day haul Roads and rails under their feet Yeah, that sounds like a first-class seat on the plains of Oklahoma With a windshield sunset in your eyes Like a watercolor painted sky, you think Heaven's doors have opened You'll understand why God made Those flyover states Take a ride across the badlands Feel that freedom on your face, breathe in all that open space and meet a girl from Melmarillo. You'll understand why God made you. might even want to plant your stakes in those flyover states.